0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. Over the weekend, the Russian president came closer than he's ever been to losing his grip on power the Wagner mercenary group attempted to overthrow his regime. It's been a confusing, chaotic few days. Today, Russian security expert Matthew Sussex from the ANU on what it means for Vladimir Putin's future and his war in Ukraine. Matthew, it was... Rather an intense weekend, I think we could say, for Vladimir Putin. And we're going to talk about how this all unfolded in a moment, because it really did look like at one point we were heading for a coup in Russia.
1: The whiplash on the global stage. The world watched minute by minute as the Wagner Group, soldiers for hire, turned on Russia's military. They started advancing into Russia, gaining ground
0: toward Moscow. But I think the best way to start is to explain the Wagner Group. What is it?
1: Well, the Wagner Group is sort of a private military company, but not really. Mm -hmm. It was formed by a close confidant of Putin who made his name as a hot dog vendor initially. But the aim of Wagner is to uh, provide security, to train armies, and it does that mainly in Africa, in the Central African Republic, in uh, Mozambique, and, uh, and other places, including Syria. In reality, it trains that Russian Ministry of Defense facilities. It uses Russian military kit. So really, it's a sort of de facto organ of the Russian state, and in particular, the security services. They've been used increasingly, of course, in the war in Ukraine. What that's done, of course, is to make its leader, Prigozhin, something of a a hero in Russia. And uh, now, of course, he seems to have been behind an attempt to to overthrow the leadership of the Kremlin.
0: Okay, so let's talk more about Yevgeny Prigozhin, who you've mentioned there, because he's the leader of the Wagner group. Just tell me a bit more about him. You did mention he was a hot dog vendor at one point, so he's had an interesting sort of background.
1: That's right. So Prigozhin was was a yeah, a hot dog seller in St Petersburg. Now when Putin made it into the presidency of Russia, Prigozhin suddenly started getting all the contracts for catering for official kremlin dinners and lunches and so forth and his company concord catering became very very uh, wealthy after that he went and founded the uh, the internet research agency which is basically russia's troll farm that it's used to interfere in uh, elections and in in politics and society in the united states so prigozhin uh, shifted from merely providing state dinners to someone who was actively involved in Russian information operations and in around about 2012 or so he founded the Wagner Group.
0: Yeah okay and important now also uh, isn't he Matthew in the Ukraine war just tell me about his role there and the role of this uh, Wagner Group what have they been doing in Ukraine?
1: Well, certainly, Prigozhin uh, has been sort of activated, or was activated by Putin to achieve some real battlefield results. Mm. So, uh, Wagner has been used in the siege of Bakhmut, the town that the Russian government has tried to take, or tried to take for, for many, many months, uh, and only recently succeeded. If Wagner retreats from Bakhmut now, the whole front
0: line will collapse. Today, Wagner is the glue holding it together. We're pulling in the whole Ukrainian army, grinding them up and destroying them.
1: (laughs) Wagner has kind of shifted its model of operations. Mm. In places like Africa, uh, the Wagner operatives are former Russian military, very well trained, highly specialised. In Ukraine, there have been some of those people that have been used, but predominantly Prigozhin went and raided Russian jails. And he said to people, I will commute your sentence uh, if you come and fight for me. But, you know, many of these people have been used as effectively cannon fodder Mm, uh, to, you know, suffer huge losses and then make way for, for the regular Russian armed forces.
0: So this Wagner group, it has been pretty crucial in this war in Ukraine. But recently, things began to turn, didn't they? Mr Prigozhin? he started to turn against the Russian military leadership. Just tell me a bit about that.
1: That's absolutely right. Uh, Prigozhin has been complaining about... Uh, the Russian armed forces not supplying him with ammunition, uh, and also not providing support, basically sending his fighters into a meat grinder. And he's been particularly keen on blaming the Russian defence minister Sergei Shoigu, uh, and the chief of the general but staff, a man called 70% Valery Gerasimov. 70%! and uh, has, has posted videos of himself standing next to the bodies of dead Wagner fighters saying you know this is all on you you sit there in your offices and and get fat off the state and get fat off their sacrifice these are someone's fathers someone's sons their blood is still fresh because Moscow is starving these fighters of ammunition
0: That brings us, Matthew, to this weekend. Let's unpack what's happened in the last 48 hours or so because it's been rather interesting.
1: Yeah, well, it's a (laughs) a rapid series of of weird events Yes. where you've had the government in the Kremlin say that Wagner is committing treason, Mm -hmm. an alleged attack against a Wagner base by Russian armed forces, and Prigozhin saying, well, that's enough, I'm going to... uh, come and get the Russian defence minister and the uh, the general staff hopping in a great big convoy and uh, taking over the southern military district in, in the city of Rostov-on-Don.
0: I'm in the city centre of Rostov right now in front of one of the headquarters of the Russian army. Yeah, of- right, and the governor of Rostov at the time was telling residents just to sort of remain calm. They might have been feeling a little unsettled at that point. There are a lot of Wagner fighters around and a lot of civilians. You can see a tank with a Wagner flag on it behind me. Um, the people But the Wagner troops, they then seem to go further than Rostov.
1: Yeah, that's right. They uh, they they went into Voronezh, which is uh, north of 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 Rostov, and about halfway to Moscow.
0: And as they're approaching Moscow, at the same time there there's explosions, roads are being dug up. It's it's quite dramatic.
1: Yeah, that's right. The um the the Russians took it very very seriously, or the Kremlin did. And uh, you know, then Putin comes out. I
0: and uh,
1: makes a statement saying that Prigozhin and and Wagner are traitors, that there is a real chance of civil war in Russia, and there's the opportunity, you know, the narrowly closing window of opportunity to eliminate this, this threat to the Russian state.
0: I shall repeat,
1: any internal mutiny is a serious threat Russia. to our state, our nation. It is A blow to Russia, a blow to our people
0: and our our actions to defend.
1: And, you know, the ante was upped when Prigozhin, uh, through his, his telegram channels, said, well, the Russian president is mistaken and we are going to end up with a new president. It really started to look like a coup.
0: Matthew then, the Belarusian president, he stepped in. He do
1: well. uh, Lukashenko says that he had been in contact with Prigozhin basically all day, and then you get this weird settlement where the uh, Wagner convoy that's headed for Moscow stops about two hours short of Moscow, and all of a sudden it's announced that uh, Prigozhin will basically go into exile in Belarus. Mm. um, That Wagner fighters uh, won't be. Uh, prosecuted for treason, that all charges are dropped against them and Prigozhin, and that, that Wagner people will be integrated into the Russian armed forces. And so all of a sudden everything is fine. I think quite clearly everything is not fine. And I think Prigozhin would be best advised not necessarily to take any assurances that he's been given about his own safety seriously. He should take them at face value, I think, based on um, the frequent lies and mistruths that the Russian government has come out with.
0: So, Matthew, I guess one of the questions now is what does this mean for the war in Ukraine? I've seen people saying it could actually change the course of this war. Do you think you know, that that will happen? Is it Is it significant enough for that to happen?
1: Mm, I think that in the short term, it's probably not going to change an enormous amount Mm -hmm. uh, because the Wagner forces had been withdrawn from the front lines to to regroup anyway. So the people who are facing off against the Ukrainians are regular Russian military uh, and have been for some time. They're basically the same people. But down the track, I think it is going to have some pretty profound effects on, on the Russian armed forces for a couple of reasons. One is that there will now be as is typical in Russia a huge search for the guilty and there will be purges of those who seemed to be receptive to uh, to Prigozhin and a potential change in leadership the fact that Wagner forces managed to to basically pretty much unmolested get within 2 hours of Moscow is is, is frankly extraordinary so those purges will happen and they'll generally be purging middle-ranked officers within the Russian military uh, who were sympathetic to Prigozhin. Now, paradoxically, they're also the ones who tend to have the most operational experience. Uh, and this is going to cause enormous morale problems for the Russian uh, military, I think, and uh, which is already very, very low. Um, and that way, I think it does uh, potentially really affect the uh, the war in Ukraine.
0: Yeah. And problems, I would have thought, for Vladimir Putin too, because it's it has always been thought that he has this incredible grip on his country, that his power is sort of steadfast and cannot be challenged. So what does it mean for his leadership?
1: Oh, look, I think this is probably the beginning of the end for Vladimir Putin. This is a first direct challenge to his leadership and a very, very showy one that I think will provide an incentive for, for other elites to within Russia to, to say, well, you know, maybe it's time for a change. This is dark times, I think, for Vladimir Putin and probably you know a second act to this melodrama won't be too long in coming.
0: Matthew Sussex is an associate professor at the ANU's Strategic and Defence Studies Centre. The long-awaited counter-offensive in Ukraine began earlier this month. We covered that on the 14th of June. That's in your feed. This episode was produced by David Cody, Veronica App-App and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.